Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to this program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm excited to have on Lindsay Stroud. Lindsay, there you are. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm fantastic, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Lindsay is a visiting fellow at the Independent Women's Forum, and she's the director of the Taxpayer Protection Alliances, it's a great group, uh, uh, Consumer Center, where she focuses on regulations related related to alcohol and vaping. So as a parenting podcast, I'm sure you know where we're taking this today, and we're not here just to have cocktail hour. Hey, hey, Lindsay, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on. It's been a minute. We, I was here last December. Yes, you know, yes, and, yes. It's and, time. It is time, Lindsay, because we're seeing an awful lot of scary messaging out there about vaping. Yeah. So I'm glad you're coming on to sort of reassure parents and more importantly, give them some good news because there is an awful lot of good news on on this issue. So I'm just going to start off with asking a very broad question to get this conversation going. Is there a youth vaping epidemic? Because they always use epidemic. Is there a youth vaping epidemic in America? Um, I'm really glad you asked that question. Um, no, there's not. Epidemic is, you know, the definition disproportionately affecting the majority of the population, not the minority. Um, and I, we learned from the CDC last week that they, they never quit using epidemic, actually, um, even though. Uh, so all right, let's we, have a, we have a very tiny vocabulary. Tiny. Yeah. Um, the, the 2019 is when you really saw youth vaping uptick and you saw um, about 20 percent of middle schoolers and high schoolers had were current users, which is defined as having use of a product on at least one occasion. Okay, and I want to first- slow down. I want to slow Sorry. down again. No, th- because this is important. You know, it's funny, Lindsay, you and I deal in this issue. We talk about this issue. We write about this issue. You much more than me. And it's funny. Sometimes sometimes when I read your pieces, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, you're too in the weeds because you write about this and you write to an audience that kind of knows the issue, but there are a lot of parents out there that don't know much about vaping. Don't understand that it's 95% less harmful than combustible cigarettes. Some people don't even understand what is the word combustible showing up here, right? The thing that kill the thing that really harms you is when you, when you're smoking a combustible cigarette, I mean, you take that lighter. think 1970s, right? You take the lighter, you light the cigarette, right? And then you're breathing in the smoke. Okay. So that is what's harmful. Vaping is a whole different thing, which we can get into later. But tell me again how they measure a a member of the of youth who vapes. They they say a kid who's vaping is what? How often do they do it? On at least one occasion in the 30 days prior to the survey. So a kid at a party who vaped, you know, and his friend handed it to him, that would be considered a current e-cigarette user if he had done it in the 30 days prior to taking the national surveys. So a habitual, and do they use the word habitual? Like, is it like... They do. They do break it down for like 20 day plus. And so that's why they're, they're harping on it now with the kids who are vaping and how they're using it more often and everything, but that's still like 3% of kids. So this is amazing. So I just want to really, again, I just, I, I want to, I want to think of, uh, I'm asking questions as if I'm not really saturated in this issue as much as you and I are and you much more. But so essentially if, if there, you just, I love that illustration you gave. So if your kids are at a party, and there's a kid there who actually, you know, has a has like an e-cigarette device of some kind. 
and he uses it quite often. And another kid walks up and says, I'd like to try this, right? So based on that, one time in the last 30 days, he is, well, okay. Cigarette so, e-cigarette user, yeah. Okay. So back to the, is there, under that measurement, certainly. There's still, there's still a lot less kids that were vaping. Um, I'm looking at the numbers that I just did, um, and they're on the IWF website. Um, thank you for letting me publish that. There are 2.75 million fewer vapors that are youth vapors from 2019 to 2021. And you, you can see the series on the website with looking at these state surveys. And it seems that like it peaked in 2019 and it was like a fad, you know, I mean, it's like Beanie Babies. I mean, same thing like, oh, hey, here's a new jewel. We're going to go try it. And yep. they're over it now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I also, you know, want to you're saying like, you know, the CDC is still using epidemic. I did a quick Google search before I came on with you. This is, these are articles just from the last couple days. New York times. Listen to these headlines, New York times, teenagers keep vaping despite crackdowns on e-cigarettes. Okay. So even if you don't read the article, which we know a lot of people today, we've done, you know, there's enough research into it. People like read the, read the headline, might read a couple lines, and then they're off to, they're clicking over to a new thing. Yeah. Here's Washington Post. Washington Post, gosh. Uh, kids are flocking. I like, they use the word flocking. That's a good word. That's a dollar yeah, it's a great word, word. Right? It's a great yeah. word. Uh, kids are flocking to flavored disposable e-cigarettes, study finds. Okay. And, uh, and then USA Today, uh, more than 2.5 million middle and high school students still vape despite crackdowns. They love these words, crackdowns, and you know, still and flocking. Um, these are the so so. Tell me, tell me what you're uh, you're finding. You kind of touched on this about the real numbers of kids that are vaping. If if we're going to really talk about habitual use. So, yeah, um, so it was 2.5 million uh, kids that were current, you know, defined as using in the past month. But it was, yeah, 3.3 percent of middle schoolers and 14.1 percent of high schoolers now. And 2019, it was 5.3 million kids that were vaping currently. Um, and yeah, in the past, um, yeah, it was 4.1 million high school students, at which 27.5 percent and then 1.2 mil- um, million middle schoolers. And so now that's like, I mean, that was about one in five in 2019. Now it's about one in 10. So, I mean, it's been halved uh, if you look at the numbers on it. Um, and it's really actually really cool to see because you're not seeing smokers. Like kids are not smoking. Like that's the numbers I am doing is like, because they kept going out. Oh, it leads to smoking. No, it doesn't yeah. actually. Yeah. It's it's a substitute actually. And again, and again, it's important to reiterate um, that when we talk about that 2.5 million, many uh, that, that is, that number is coming from this. I tried it once in the past 30 days. Yeah, exactly. So again, but do you know the number of kids? Because I remember doing some research on this and I, I mean, it was tiny, the, the percentage of kids who really are vaping and, and, and look, I, I also want to get to the point of, I want you to talk a little bit about why vaping is safer. So, because I, I keep saying like, what's the real number of vapors? Like, okay, even if it's small, or we should be really worried about them. Look, I don't want kids vaping either, but I think parents also need to know the, the, the truth about vaping itself, which is like, look, lots of other things are more dangerous, like alcohol use and, oh, I don't know, driving, driving dangerously and fentanyl. Okay. Which we can talk about later, but I do kind of really want to drive down on that 2.5 million. How many are 
what do you think the real number is of truly habitual vaping? It's like teams. three. It's like two percent. Right, right, right. So we're having these major, this ma- major existential crisis in the United States. It, vaping gets more coverage than than fentanyl, in my opinion. Um, yeah. There's more money going into these campaigns to, you know, stop this this mythical vaping crisis that should be spent on more important things. Um, yeah. Over like two or 2.5% of the youth. It's it's like, it's no more than 3%. Yeah. It's very minuscule. But sadly for parents who don't follow this as closely as I do, we talked about the media. We're talking about public health. Okay. That's pushing this. They're all in agreement. And this is the same thing we saw. I mean, it's amazing, Lindsay, how like we saw this with COVID, right? Like, um, like the vaccine, that the, the message is like everybody was on that same talking points memo, right? And then we find out they lied. They all lied. Pfizer lied. CDC lied. Everyone was lying, right? And we're yeah. starting to see this too. You got the media, you got public health, but you also have a, another important- Michael Bloomberg? Level. Well, yes. Yes, <laughs> good old Michael. Sorry, I had to well, drop I was just, that's, that's where I'm going. Talk about these very respected- uh, medical organizations and charities so and the philanthropy they, side of things. So they dropped the 2022 National Youth Tobacco Survey results um, in what October 6th, um, and they did a closed door meeting that was with partners of the CDC. Now I got on that meeting. Um, yeah, I didn't ask any questions. I didn't want to make myself, you know more, you know, more of a nuance. Um, and it was really interesting. It looked like they were just, you know, okay, hey, youth vaping. Um, if you look at the 2021 to 2022 numbers, it pretty much plateaued, you know, uh, but it was kind of like, oh, it, it's, here are all of our talking points. We're still going to go decry youth vaping epidemic. And the Parents Against Vaping lady actually like asked, you know, whether using epidemic was appropriate. And that's where the CDC person was like, we never quit using epidemic. And it's like, so then I did some research. Uh, Michael Bloomberg from 2019 to 2022 has given $10 million to the CDC Foundation to specifically do surveillance on youth vaping. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But well, also, there's, a, there's also a lot of money in tobacco-free, these tobacco-free organizations. And there's, the, and there's, um, there's a lot of youth organizations that have been, that have been created on, uh, that exist solely to, you know, eradicate youth vaping, frankly, vaping in general, let's be honest, they want to go, okay. they want, they, they don't give a crap if people go back to combustibles, they want vaping gone. But it's also, you know, these are respected organizations like the American Medical Association, the American Heart Association, the American Lung Association. I mean, my mother doesn't give to, she was a huge giver to the American Lung Association because, you know, there's, there was a lot of lung cancer in my family. Um, and so she used to give, now she doesn't give anymore because I've told her all about this. They, they are not truthful on this. They are not truthful on vaping. They can, t- they, they carry the lies of these sort of anti-tobacco activists. So tell us a little bit about their role in this, because I, I do think that it's important people understand you're going to hear it from everyone, from the media, to the CDC, to these medical organizations, they're all on the same script. And yet, if you look, and I want to capture that with some of the research, particularly out of the UK, um, that is, it, it, it really shows that vaping is a much, is a very, um, it's a, it's a very useful tool for people trying to quit smoking. And in that, in the, in the fact that it's a, a far less harmful, which is a whole nother issue. But tell me again, a little bit about these philanthropic organizations that exist to keep us healthy and give us good advice. And they're not doing that. 
No, it, it's almost as if they want combustible still going on. Um, yeah. And I getting my tin hat on, you know, and stuff. Cause it's, there's a lot of money to be made in treating smoking related illnesses. Okay. Um, you know, and that's oh. what I, cause I've, I've watched at the hearings I've watched, Oh, I just lost my outside. Um, I've watched like the dentalists come out, you know, against it. And it's like, this is way better for your gums and everything. I don't know why this is a problem for you guys. Um, you brought up the UK the UK embraces harm reduction. They embrace alternatives to smoking. Um, they they subsidize vaping for low income people. They have vape shops and hospitals. Um, yes, that is amazing. But they also have a like I was talking. I have an international fellow who's based in South London, and like for you to bring a new product to market, you just kind of have to get approval, and you're just following the set of standards. Make sure you don't have these ingredients that you can't have in order to bring a new product to market in America. Oh. I mean, if you look at the FDA, they've only approved 23 products from three companies' applications. E-cigarettes have been in the States since 2007. Um, and that was in the past year that they, you know, authorized those ones. So I just think that... Just to, just to give an anecdote on that and what Lindsay's talking about here, I think it's important. I know one company that wanted approval of their product and in order to get it had to submit, I'm not kidding, 4 million pieces of paper. Like they printed it off and it was 4 million pieces of paper. Can you imagine transporting that? And that was for one product and like one part of the process. It wasn't even the whole process, but go on. So um, yeah, the process is messed up too. I mean, you have safer products. You have, these are, we, we know the science shows that these are less harmful than combustible cigarettes, but you have to get the original pre-market tobacco application. And then you have to spend another billion dollars to get the modified risk tobacco product that, you know, where you can actually market it as safer. Now the FDA did give an MRTP to combustible cigarettes that had low nicotine. 20, the 20th century group. Yeah. And you think, you think about also how this stifles innovation, obviously the big tobacco companies who are switching over to vaping can afford the 4 million pieces of, of paper. I mean, just imagine going to Staples and saying like, I need 4 million pieces of paper and can afford all the legal fees and the, and, 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 and the legal analysis and just all the work that goes into producing that. Think of, you know, people who are producing, other kind or, or, or looking at innovating in the e-cigarette space. Again, this is a product that is 95% less harmful than combustible cigarettes. Uh, nobody can, nobody can do that. I mean, that is, that's why this is a big smoochy kiss to big tobacco um, yeah. because they're the only ones that can go through this approval process. So for consumers looking for new products or new flavors or new systems to kick the very dangerous habit of smoking, they're limited to what just those products from big companies that can afford to go through yeah. the, pro, the process. And again, I think we've switched over, frankly, to harm reduction in kind of a clumsy way. I want to kind of go back to that and explain that why Lindsay and I, Lindsay's a genius at this, and this is she's she's incredibly prolific in her writing on this issue. The reason we care about this is not because we're fighting for the right for teens to vape. None yeah. of us want <laughs> teens to vape. Right? I'm always like, I don't want my kids to, I don't want kids to vape. Here's your jewel <laughs> kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I give them out at Halloween. Um, no, the reason, the reason I want these products out there is because people, it is very hard to quit smoking. It is yes. extremely difficult to quit smoking. And Lindsay and I can go on and on and talk about the psychology behind it. I mean, it's really actually fascinating when you look at 
the methods by which people quit smoking. And some people are fine with a patch, right? Some people are fine with a patch. Some, I am a person who. About 3% of the people is a patch. Is that that statistics? Yeah. It's about 3%. Yeah. It's like three to 5% that we're successful at quitting. If you've never smoked. Okay. And I hope my mother does not watch this. She still does not know that I smoked in college, but if you've ever smoked, there is a habit to it. Okay. There is a physical habit. There's also, I don't, I'm thinking back to the, like the, the nineties, you know, you always sort of went outside, right. Yeah. And there was a, a group of friends, right. Or it was something you did when you went out, right. When I, when I had, I was starting to wean off, I might have one with a drink at a bar or at a concert or something like that. But for me, it was like, there was a time and a place. And then it's so funny, even to this day, sometimes if I'm out and I, I smell a cigarette, I'm like, Oh gosh, I, you know, it's, and I, 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 you know, I was like a college smoker, right. But there are people who've been smoking for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, and they really want to kick it. They want to, you know, they really want a better life. And vaping mimics that. Vaping mimics the actions. There is an inhaling. Um, In one of the vaping products, there's heat. You can feel the heat. Oh, the heat, yeah, heat not burn, which is like, yeah. a, a, it's like a, I wish we had them in America. I know. Um, you know. Thank you. You know, thank you, free market, actually. Yeah. It wasn't the FDA that shut them down. <laughs> um, but I saw them and actually in the North Carolina. I actually saw the the sticks and I was like, that is so cool. I feel wow. like I'm in Europe right now and stuff. And it was like right before they had to, you know, pull everything back. And Yeah, they're like, I, they're, they're all going to be in jail. If it's, no, I'm kidding. But I have a friend. I, I think I, it's going to revolutionize it. I think you're going to see more people quit smoking with using the heat, not especially the old school, you know, like I'm never going to use a vapor. And it's like, well, here, use this heated tobacco product. It's almost like a cigarette. I have a friend who was just like that, who said, I will never, he switched to the heat, not burn product. And then they got rid of the sticks. And so he, Uh, you know, he'd have to like, Oh, who has, you know, who has an extra $4,000 laying around so we can go to Japan to get them because they're still available in Japan and like in some European countries. Um, But it's, it was, but I watched him go through that process, you know, knowing that he only had a couple cartons left. And meanwhile, his breathing had improved. He felt much better. And again, I, you know, again, we're Lindsay and I, of course, are dipping into this language where we speak because we follow this issue. But this was a different kind of technology rather than water vapor. It was heating the tobacco. Yeah. So what are what is it? Is it kind of the same thing that it turns into vapor? I can't remember exactly the technology. No, works. it's still it's still combustion. I mean, it's okay. not combustion. It's still smoke. It's not a vapor, but yeah. it's a um, they have a heated plate. So it just heats the heat stick, which is, you know, a little cigarette bit is what I kind of called it. It's got a yeah. filter on it and everything. They've got a newer one too, but they can't bring it into America until they get FDA authorization again, on that one. Heating, not burning is another way of, it's a delivery system yes. for nicotine. That's the other thing yeah. to remember that this is a delivery system for nicotine. That is the heating and not the burning. It's, 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 you're not getting tar and smoke and all yeah. those other things that are actually carcinogenic. Um, so that is what's so important. So I think one thing I want, and you know, you have to be really careful here because people will go, you're just, you're saying vaping is fine for kids, right? And I'm not doing that, but I'm saying I want parents to put this in perspective. If your kid is vaping, have the conversation with them, ground them, do whatever you need to do. Take the car keys, take the phone, whatever. It's not good. We don't want that. Okay. But your kid is, is not doing something like fentanyl, alcohol abuse, or combustible cigarettes that is actually could kill them. Okay. Um, 
Well, I would go more into, so the national, they didn't give the 2022 results, but in the 2021, so they asked why kids vape, right? And like overwhelmingly when they first asked, it was like other reason, my friends or family. And then like flavors always came out like, you know, third. 2021, they asked, um, I was feeling anxious, depressed, or stressed. And that was like the number one on both like current e-cigarette users and kids who had just done lifetime e-cigarette use. And I think that's where we need to get back to the conversation. No, like what came first, your kid's anxiety issues or the vape? Um, no, anxiety issues came before the vape. Um, yeah. And there's a lot more problems when you look at the fentanyl. I mean, there's kids are just taking pills because they're anxious. And, well, you just took a pill that killed you. That um, you didn't mean to. That you didn't mean exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah, you poison. You no, know, you hear this word laced, you know, laced with fentanyl. Um, that's a really great point, Lindsay. And I think, you know, you said you know, in 2021, they asked a different question. It's like, what was going on in 2021? I can't think of what was going on. You know, the COVID stuff is going to, we are going to be connecting these dots back to COVID for a lot of years. Um, And yet it, and yet we're still seeing a decline in, in vaping and a deep, deep historic decline in cigarette smoking. Yes. Thank God for that one. Okay. Like even on young adults, there's no smoking. It's, and I I, it. it's it's funny because I said like sometimes when I smell it I get this sort of nostalgic because I never smell it. It's not like yeah. I'm walking around constantly smelling cigarette soap. I mean to be honest with you, if I smell cigarette soap, I'm like, who's smoking? Right? And I expect <laughs> to like see my like, you know some ninety year old right who so, I didn't know people was, did that anymore. <laughs> right, right. And they they frankly made it really inconvenient to do it. You can't even smoke outside oh, now yeah. in certain yeah. areas. Yeah. You know? So I you know but this is the thing that bothers me, Lindsay. You know, parents are overwhelmed right now. Kids are really having a hard time in this country. We see yeah. so many signs that all is not well. The kids are not okay. No. And yet we have these very powerful a, phil- philanthropic organizations, the media, and the actual public health organizations that are pushing this as something parents should really focus on. This ain't it, folks. This ain't it. Make sure your kids are, are you know, <laughs> I, I wish there was this amount of attention on tech, on the things that kids are saying, on the fact that they are literally, you know, I drive my kids to school every morning and I, I drive, the school's far away from our house, but there's a bus stop that we go by and there's usually a dozen kids. None of them are talking to each other. Because it's this hard intersection. So I often get to observe them like a weirdo. Like, um, but I I watch these kids. They literally never talk to each other. They do not. And they all are like this. Now, believe me, when I was in middle school and early high school, I would have killed to have a little device to stare at instead of having to interact with the people around me. Oh, yeah. but, but this isn't good, right? It's, we, know, we know in our hearts that this isn't good. We know that the rates of fentanyl abuse are just... Terrifying. The fentanyl one scares me. That's the, like I'm sick of talking to lawmakers about vaping, um, especially when you. I, we I wrote it for IWF. When you look at the youth overdoses, you know, increased by 100 percent between 2019 and 2020. But we're still yeah. talking about vaping, right. even though that's decreasing. Right. And if I had a child right now, honestly, like I'm not endorsing teen vaping, but like. I wouldn't care if my kid was vaping. I'd care more like, hey, you go to a party, do not take any pill, man, like no. at all. I almost cussed on my own podcast, which I mean, yeah, I, so, I guess I can. Yeah. It's my, it's my yeah, podcast. That's your podcast, you know. I was about yeah. to say no shit. And then I was like, oh, but I guess I can't say that. But the, the point is, is yes. I mean, this is the thing kids, parents need to worry about. And also, you know, like I, I keep going back to the tech, 
what are they seeing online and at what age, right? Somebody and just, and, parents right. just sued uh, Snapchat, by the Absolutely. way. Actually, they're suing, they're, suing, they're suing Snapchat over fentanyl. Um, I've actually, I, I followed this lady because she's been pretty big since her like 14-year-old died, you know, accident, you know, overdose or yeah. poisoned by fentanyl and stuff. And yeah, they're suing Snapchat. I was waiting for that to happen. I mean, yeah. I know that they've been going after Snapchat and dude, you got to do something. I mean, you have drug dealers on your platform. That's right. That's You're not right. paying taxes. I mean, yeah. so I get, I get so angry that these organizations are pushing this. Let's keep using epidemic. And yeah, let's keep, you know, uh, going up to Congress and Senator Durbin can weep with us about this vaping epidemic when we're ignoring fentanyl, we're ignoring. And I mentioned alcohol. Look, I'm, I, look, I'm as free market as they come on alcohol. Also, let's, by the way, uh, it's still illegal. It's illegal for kids to purchase vaping products. It's illegal for yeah. kids to, to, to buy drugs. It's illegal for kids to, uh, to buy alcohol. So there is, so, there's limits to what the government can do to make this, but there are not, there, parents have a lot of control here. It's not the government that has to come in and like, you know, take away vaping products from adults trying to quit smoking in order to save kids who, sh who where it's illegal already, they've already made it illegal. The answer here is perhaps we need to look at a, a, a more rigorous parenting role here. But when parenting, when parents are so you know uh, distracted by non like non or epidemics like vaping, they're not maybe going to focus on things that are maybe not seen. Um, your kid taking a pill at a party that's laced with fentanyl is and they die. And they die and, or, yeah. or drinking too much at a party and getting in the car, like, and, you know, and, and killing themselves. These are, these to me are the issues I really, and, and your kids seeing things, getting on these platforms and with where there are drugs being pushed or just seeing things they shouldn't see. These to me are the concerns parents should be having right now. And it enrages me that these, these organizations that make money off keeping the vaping epidemic thing alive um, it, it is, you always have to follow the money and that makes it even more sickening. So I, I, ha, I, I feel like I could go on and on and ask, ask you we could talk for hours on this one. <laughs> I know we really could. Well, Lindsay, listen, keep up the great work. I want everyone to know that Lindsay is tracking youth vaping rates on the IWF blog. Yeah. So check her out there. She really is worth a follow. Um, everything you have to read everything. Lindsay writes, she is, she is relentless in following this issue and really I think is the most one of the most important voices on this issue and she's really um she really gets into the weeds she really gets into the data and 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 that and frankly as parents sometimes we need that level of granularity to make us feel better so Lindsay where can people follow you on on social media um, Alan Stroud, 89 at Twitter. And I do prolific things on there. I, you know, I campaign for tobacco free kids blocked me on there. So, you know, <laughs> where you know, you're, you know, and good uh, things. Um, yeah. Social, that would be the best way. And then, yeah, we IWF the blog series that, you know, as the states come out with the data, we'll be publishing those. Um, and I also do a 50 state analysis with TPA that will be coming out in January. Okay. That's great. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for, joining us and we won't we won't make it a, a year for for your next your next uh, we, we'll, I, we'll talk in like march after all the state sessions that's great that's great all right thanks Lindsay. thank you